0: Hello everyone, this is Sheila, host of the Unsanctioned Citizen and That AI Show. I wanted to share a little bit about the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program as part of the HRSA. If you or someone you know is suffering from the lasting effects of an illness or disability symptoms after taking a vaccine, please contact the Health Resources and Services Administration to learn more about the resources available to you that could help you and many others. For claims associated with the COVID-19 vaccine or other COVID-19 related countermeasures, please file your request for benefits with the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program. Please visit InjuryCompensation.HRSA.gov to learn more and tell a friend.
1: Out of Austin, Texas, you're listening to the Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast. Here's your host, Sheila Dean
0: Hello, day 48 I think it's day 48 of 100 Days of Colin and so I'm keeping track of this Um, So today we are going to be covering brinksmanship and what Putin is doing today is brinksmanship okay so there's brinkmanship in business, and then there's brinkmanship in war. And the Cold War was all about brinkmanship, so, <clears throat> all, or also known as brinksmanship. So what is going on? What's going on is that Vladimir Putin has decided to float the nuclear option. I'll do it. He puts his, his fist out in front of you and menaces you and says, ah! I'll send a nuke! I'll do it! You better give me Ukraine or else!" So this is what he's doing. And this is all the Cold War was about. Brinkmanship is a foreign policy used during the Cold War, which is where a country would push a dangerous issue, like the use of nukes, uh, or a vent to the edge looking for the best outcome for the other side. And brinkmanship was a term that was constantly used during the Cold War with the United States and the Soviet Union. An example of the policy of brinkmanship was in 1962 when the Soviet Union placed nuclear missiles in Cuba, also known as the Cuban Missile Crisis. This nearly brought the Soviet Union and the United States to a nuclear war. The United States responded by putting a naval blockade around Cuba and the Soviets removed the missiles from Cuba. The policy of brinksmanship scared many people during the Cold War because these two powerhouse nations came close to a nuclear war several times. Brinksmanship was used throughout the Cold War as foreign policy. So this is old hat for Mr. Vladimir Putin. Um, let me just read this. Well, I, I need to say what was said prior to this. Putin could have justification he needs for a nuclear strike in a few days. And this was published at 1 p.m. today on Newsweek.com. So I'll just read a few graphs here. The upcoming referendums being held by Russian-backed separatists in Ukraine may, gave, may give Russian President Vladimir Putin what he needs to justify a nuclear strike. This week, Russian state news agency TASS reported that separatists in four territories of the Donbass region, will hold referendums on joining Russia from September 23rd to 27th. Such votes had previously been prohibited by by law from taking place. Putin could use the referendums to find reasons for an attack that are in line with conditions Moscow has set for the use of nuclear weapons. John Arath, the senior policy director at the Center for Arms Control and Non-Proliferation, sorry, it's tough to say, Um, told Newsweek that referendums from the so-called Luhansk People's Republic and Donetsk People's Republic could hand Putin the legal pretense to consider those separatist-backed territories as part of Russia. Although the Russian army doesn't have full control over these territories, the Kremlin will likely use the votes to formally annex Luhansk, Donetsk, Zaporizhia, and Kherson. In the case that those occupied territories are formally admitted to the Russian Federation, any efforts from Ukraine to take back those territories will likely be seen as a direct attack on Russia. Irath noted that Putin had already drawn a very clear line that if Putin or sorry, if Ukraine had put one foot into Russia, which would include those occupied territories pending the upcoming votes, Putin would have legal grounds to use nuclear weapons. And I think he was quoted at some point as saying, and everybody dies. On Thursday, Russian uh, President Dmitry Medvedev, sorry, former Russian President Dmitry Medvedev. I'm so bad at Russian, Um, but I'm getting better all the time. Who now serves as the deputy head of Russia's Security Council, signaled that it would be likely for Moscow to use a referendum as justification for an attack? Donbass republics and other territories will be accepted into Russia, Medvedev said, according to Reuters. He added that the protection of all territories would be defended by Moscow's arsenal, which includes strategic nuclear weapons. Uh, as Russian officials prepare to adopt the occupied territories, Kiev and its Western allies have already said they won't recognize what they've labeled as sham votes, which could put a hitch in Putin's plan. Okay, so analysis about Ukraine, is Vladimir Putin happy to risk nuclear war to avoid admitting defeat? And this is uh, an editorial from The Guardian penned by Andrew Roth. The Russian leader's escalatory threat to annex parts of Ukraine in an effort to halt counteroffensive is fraught with risk. So three graphs on this one. Vladimir Putin has backed himself into a corner in Ukraine, and true to form, the Russian leader is ready to escalate, perhaps to the brink of nuclear war, rather than admit defeat. Seven months after Putin launched his invasion, Russian troops have been driven back into the Kharkiv region, and the Ukrainian forces are advancing in Luhansk and squeezing his troops and supply lines in Kherson. It is not impossible that Russia could lose territories that it has held since 2014 if Putin's forces cannot stop Ukraine's counter-offensive. Facing humiliation, Putin has issued a new threat, holding referenda in the regions of Donetsk, Luhansk, Zaporizhia, and Kherson, which could lead to them being annexed by Russia early next week, which was already said. So what do other Russians actually think about all of this? There's um, they're calling it a bluff. And here's here's what was said: Putin's nuclear bluff designed to scare people. XPM of Russia. Vladimir Putin's nuclear threats are merely a bluff because he's panicking about his mistake in invading Ukraine. His former prime minister has said. In announcing the partial mobilization of reservists to shore up his losses in Ukraine, the Russian president accused NATO countries of trying to blackmail Moscow with nuclear weapons warning he could use all available means to protect Russia and our people. Putin's rhetoric on Wednesday was interpreted outside Russia as signaling an intent to use nuclear weapons to wrest back the initiative following humiliating retreats in the face of Kiev's counteroffensive in the war. But Mikhail Kayasanov, who served as Putin's head of government between 2000 and 2004, dismissed the possibility that his former boss would use a nuclear weapon. Quote, he has tried to make people scared because of the use of nuclear weapons, but I think this is a category of a bluff, he told Newsweek. I don't think he'll return to nuclear weapon for the simple reason that he realizes himself would immediately be eliminated. And it would be the end of his rule immediately, and that would be the catastrophic result of that. He's trying to scare people. He already did it a couple of times at the beginning of the year, he said. And that's really the end of it. So... We're, we're pruning, we're putting a theater. This is Brinksmanship Theater. <laughs> and, um, you know, people do, do, do this in business, so I'll, uh, I'll just take a call. Hey, Bloody.
2: How you doing, how you doing?
0: Hey, so. How you doing? So have Sorry you been around bathroom. for the, uh, the Brinksmanship, like during the, the Soviet Union days?
2: Were you around? Yes, I was was younger, of course. Uh, The better of me, my younger days, my more ignorant years. (laughs) Straight out of high school, but I I, I remember the good old... uh, I graduated in 1991 from school, so... uh, Yeah, I got to see everything from the Iraq War, you know, and, uh, you know, the fall of the Berlin Wall, the the fall eventually of the, you know, Soviet Union. So I know that, that Vladimir putin is trying to act like vladimir lenin but that's always been the history that's always been the history of russia it's a very cold indifferent slavic country it's slavic brotherhood the thing with with that makes unique the ukrainian russian war it's like brothers have been at war and you might as well have ancient israel the northern and the southern kingdom it's basically the same thing it's, it, you have too much too much blood connection there uh, it's even wrong why he went to war. It should have been settled in a different, more diplomatic manner. Uh, and, and, and Volodymyr, which is another Vladimir, Volodymyr, Zelenko eventually in time whether he's caught, uh, whether the he's caught by t-shirt. or he escaped, <laughs> he will he will know that if, if he would have just bowed down a little, surrendered and given the demands that, that Vladimir Putin wanted, he would have avoided the war. He would have avoided the war, avoided a lot of death, avoided people fleeing. But no, he has to prove that he's president, he's a better man, despite that he has nothing, absolutely nothing of armament, only old, outdated uh, Russian um, military warfare and arsenal and whatever. And he's got nukes, and,
0: and he's got nukes.
2: That's what I'm telling you. One tactical or two tactical nukes in the wrong... Place in a big city will settle the score here. It'll be no different at a smaller scale than what the United States did to Japan in the cities of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. One example didn't do it, two surrendered them. Two or three net t- tactical nukes in the right populated city will shut this man and he'll surrender. And he'll be the winning. The problem is the tactical nuke is you're going to contaminate the area. If he's not bluffing, that's a horrible a horrible desire for anybody to go through, to wish to see some kind of uh, mini-nuclear, because you're going to waste that area for a long time. And, and I hate to see that, but I know it's wrong what, what Vladimir Putin did. He's a strong man, and he thought he had the upper hand and probably thought the other countries weren't going to step, but I wouldn't press him. When you got nukes, you better not press a man against the wall. Well,
0: let me let me explain something about brinksmanship because it's been around for a long time, and it's it's a desperate act. He's really just very desperate, and it's showing. So you know, maybe we'll share recipes for um, mushroom cloud tapas.
2: <laughs> How With do you want ex- that mushroom cloud, Shayla? Small, medium, or very large, or extra large? <laughs>
0: With extra, yeah. extra hot ghost pepper sauce. <laughs> that will That's melt gonna you. That's going to be
2: really, really hot. <laughs> it's
0: going to be really hot. Um, let me see. <laughs> when you practice brinksmanship, you're putting your fate in the p- other party's hands. This is Michael Wheeler, the professor at Harvard Business School. So he is in the corner, and he's trying to fight his way out with anything he has. And this, he was there a few months ago in April when he was trying to throw down the ISS um, he was gonna throw the International Space Station like a blunt force weapon onto the whole of Europe if he didn't get his nasty way I mean he was desperate then he's desperate now why so desperate does anybody know because I'm not I'm not sure what the the real stake is with Ukraine for Mr. Putin. I don't think that Ukraine is that big of a deal. They could have been left well enough alone, but you know, of course I'm not Putin and I'm not Russia, so if anybody has any insider knowledge, I'm gonna invite Blighty to the uh, speaker gallery and see if I can get some more voices to come in the room. So, let me see if I can find anything else. So bloody what is you know if you had like a, a vernacular or like a like a layman's guide to brinksmanship like what you see people really pushing it you know like doing their their you know their game of chicken until until the other one gets over Let me see here I've got a news link here from the intercept from Jonathan it says there were some protests okay jonathan would you like to elaborate protests i'm sure that there are protests against the war and it doesn't seem like vladimir who is really an unserious political actor you know for appearing in vogue and then going on international television with no suit and only a t-shirt you know or only it's not even really a, a T-shirt. It's kind of like ath- athleisure wear. <laughs> the,
2: the guy, the guy's a hack. I just heard from a, a, a guy from London who was saying that just before the war started, uh, they were about to arrest uh, Volodymyr Zelensky because he is involved in, in the. Have you heard of the Pandora's Box? Pandora for documents, something like that. Pandora documents. Is this so Wiki- a-
0: did WikiLeaks did some sort of dump? I didn't hear very much about yeah. it
2: So he's involved in that There's money being uh, be You know Being hidden in different accounts In different parts of the world
0: Ah uh, the and Pandora guys, papers uh,
2: the, Yeah the Pandora papers So something needs to, needs to Give This guy just came in at the wrong, right time And right now he's Authoritarian leader because he put martial law No press No political parties he has full control of the government. I hope that when uh, the get him, is, go. is uh, go ahead.
0: So, what Pandora Papers revealed about Zelensky offshore accounts and funding from the Ukrainian kleptocracy? Oh, another kleptocrat. So, it's, it's exactly. uh, Biden, the kleptocrat, assisting you, the other Ukrainian kleptocrat, kleptocrat, which is really... Yeah, they're kleptocrats. And... That means that somebody who comes into power so that they can enrich themselves exclusively at the expense of the the state oh, another. coffers. Yeah. So, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky rode to power and pledges to clean up the Don Eastern Diego. European country. But the Pandora papers reveal that he and his close circles were the beneficiaries of a network of offshore companies, including some that owned expensive London property. Key findings here. Ukrainian President Zelensky and his partners in comedy production owned a network of offshore companies, if you don't mind muting your mic, um, relating to the business based in British Virgin Islands, Cyprus, and Belize. Zelensky's current chief aide, Serhii Shafir, as well as head of the country's security services, were part of the offshore network. Offshore companies were used by Shafir, and another business partner to buy pricey London real estate around the time of his 2019 election Zelensky handed his shares in a key offshore company over to Shafir but the two appear to have made an arrangement for Zelensky's family to continue receiving the money from the offshore so that's that's the score on that so That seems to ring true. That's that's some of the stuff that they pulled down. Offshore 95, President Zelensky's got some financial secrets. Um, The new documents show that part of the network was managed with help from Fidelity Corporate Services, an offshore consultancy that was one of 14 firms whose documents make up part of the Pandora Papers leak. And the documents show that Zelensky and his partners use companies based in the British Virgin Islands, Belize, and Cyprus. Two of Zelensky's associates in the offshore network were also part of his TV production company and now hold powerful positions. So he, he gave positions of power to people in his TV company. So that's nepotism, which is also a kleptocratic practice. It seems to be inherent... Um Jonathan, did you want to come up here and talk about this this uh the Putin war protests? Greg wants to talk about it. Go ahead, Greg. Welcome to the program. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Greg, you're really buzzy. Are you shaving Bradley, your legs? Go ahead, Greg. <laughs> it sounds like he's, he's shaving his legs or something. Shaving something.
2: <laughs> yeah, Greg. Are you shaving your cat or your dog? Okay. Maybe for later? Shayla?
0: All <laughs> right. Or or maybe Putin
2: needs to get a shave.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The barber,
1: (laughs) Jonathan. Hello.
0: I yanked him out of the listener section. Like, come on, talk about this. Uh,
1: I have uh, the last thing I heard about it when my friend Dan sent me a convenient ending to a moratorium on the sale of lands to foreigners that was right before the invasion and I was like oh well what a coincidence that the Ukrainian land would undergo a steep devaluation right before the moratorium on sale to foreigners expired so it's like whoever wants to buy it is really benefiting from an invasion which plummets the land value down you buy when there's blood in the streets that's I forget who said that probably some Wall Street guy but you buy when there's blood in the streets and when they wanna buy, they create the blood in the streets. And it's the winners are gonna be a combination of all the garks from a, several interested countries who are gonna come in and scoop up the land at a discount. Because it's arable land, like the Jody Foster said is. the exact same quote. Who said it?
0: Well Jody Foster cited that quote Yo Wall Street oh, guy blood in the streets. Yeah, blood in the streets. That's when you buy.
1: Yeah. I'm just gonna credit it to Jodie Foster until someone corrects me. <laughs> yeah, Jodie Foster said that in the movie
2: Inside Man, with uh, Clive Owen, the actor, and Denzel uh, Washington. When there's blood in the street, buy property, buy real
1: estate. <laughs> right, and they want to buy the property as soon as they legally can. And <laughs> it's what well, it's funny. It's like, oh, we're gonna wait for a moratorium to expire before we start a war. It's like, when? How does the, how did the legality? of it matter when you're going to go to war anyway, but mm. somehow it does because again, there's more interested parties and the, the, the this is going to sound like Lenin, but the, it's the rich in both countries that it, it benefit at the expense of the poor in both countries.
0: Sometimes NATO, the, those leaders have said things that are, that are inherently true. Not everything that was said by, yeah, by. They wouldn't
1: have gotten as far as they had if they were wrong all the time. You, like, yeah. I mean, a broken clock is right
0: two times a day. You know, right. and, and, and no matter how I go ahead
1: to Lenin, you can just give Lenin this one. <laughs> it's, it's the it's the rich in both countries throwing the poor of both countries at each other. It's happened ever since. It was a assassinated king goes to a Byzantine king, and it's like, look, it's getting crowded over here, buddy. And I know you're having the same problem. Hey, so here's hey guys. What we're going to do? We're going to line up our poor and throw them at each other to thin out the herd and just to keep. La- ladies scalable. and
2: gentlemen, I have to confess something. What's up? Keep it sweet. What? Now that Jonathan just gave me an idea to go buy prop- property land in Ukraine, it's going to be dirt cheap. And yeah. since I love Slavic women from Russia and Ukraine, oh now I can find and meet my my beautiful Ukrainian or Russian and live in a nice little farm town in Ukraine under Russian. Get, one, get something
0: on
2: the Black bus- Sea. <laughs> exactly. Get something on
0: waterfront. <laughs> Get water exactly, in front of I'm, I'm gonna
2: go get my Russian Ukrainian bride. That's it. I have. Uh, that's my target. I mean, my I whole goal in mind. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, finish. Finish. Thank you. Thank Shayla. Thank you, Shayla.
0: It's gonna be great. To Peace, Allison. <laughs> go ahead.
1: The, the, the one king goes to the other king and says, "Okay, we're gonna throw the pores at each other, and just to keep it sweet, and more than that, to keep it saleable to the public as something that's legitimate." You you put uh, Antioch or Tyre on on the uh, as stakes like whoever wins gets that if things are really serious Jerusalem's on the table right oh no and but the whole thing is very much about thinning the herd because we have a problem in the age of empire where a birth rate of men and women is about the same but via vis a vis the parado dist- distribution you're always going to end up with the main ingredient in war if war is a soup then water is a critical mass of disenfranchised young men and when you hit that they start turning on each other. So the wars like this are a way of exporting violence from locally to far away. And the, the winners can come back with some, uh, some gold and have uh, get the booty. and have it. Literally, you, you're going to come back and you're going to have the money and you're going to have a better shot. And that's what the soldiers are really doing. Little do they know, they're being paid in a currency that's devalued and there's going to be no – the VA is probably the worst healthcare system in the world you are not going to be taken care of in event. Yeah, you know,
0: war is oversold in almost every instance. And the cost of doing war and to toward, like, maybe, you know, appropriating yourself to a career where you could kind of channel your key um, appropriately. Because mo- if you survive a war, and there's a lot of survivors of war... You know, it changes you to kill another person. For one, uh, as somebody who's been exposed to a lot of soldiering in her life, uh, and not by choice, I had to grow up around it. Um, it's it's not a a an industry that prizes humanity, and and I'm not saying anything new here, but I am trying to tell you that after your humanity has been devalued from killing other people and being in a in a place of constant conflict where you're going to have to murder go out and murder some someone that day and then try to return back to to base camp and try to have a civil conversation with another person it's it's just not a really good but way what do we do to when
1: they come back we give them a badge and a gun and set them to police their own population obama well admitted the, that the you know jonathan that's not government. all they do
0: there that's not all they they do and i don't have contempt for people who are veterans no I no i mean the presumption I, but
1: that's a demographic. well it I sounds that way your tone
0: it, it sounds like you might have a, a little bit of contempt over people I have who contempt have for people mm-hmm. like
1: Barack Obama who use the jobs program use the police departments as a jobs program for veterans with PTSD who do not need to be policing their own population. That's where my contempt lies. I don't blame the individual, I blame the system. Well, but, you mean
0: you mean the bad Obama policies. I had a lot of objections yeah, to the Obama, sure. you know. He's not the only
1: one to do that. That's been that way forever.
0: Well, we've got Greg right. on the line. Welcome back, Greg. Greg. Did you did you get your, uh, your sheep shorn?
1: I don't hear buzzing. I don't hear anything.
0: He used to... Hey, the last time he was on, he had a, he had a, a loud buzzing. sounded like I he was then, shaving either. an animal or something. There was no animal making any noise. It was just the, the buzzing. Anyhow. Um, so, Greg, if you're house. with us, can you give us a little... Uh, symbol or something that you're trying to call in because it looks like your your mic is unmuted but you're not able we're not able to hear you if you're talking so um, can you put a note in the comments yeah let me let me kick you out and then and then um, and then I'm gonna remove you from the queue and then try to come back again and then Sorry about that. We're having a little bit of a technical difficulty. So try try again now, Greg.
1: The, do, is it Luhansk and Donhansk? I forget the name of their Donbass. L- Donbass. O- or Oblast. maybe it is. Let
0: me go
1: just that, just one. those two would be a victory for Putin. And he's just basically playing the waiting game until it looks like the concession of those two things is a reasonable. Like okay. the longer he does nothing, the more reasonable it looks to concede those two things.
0: Well, it's Luhansk, Donetsk, Zaporizhia, and Kherson.
1: Yeah, it's on the, on the east side. Yeah, it's Donbass. Full of Russian-speaking peoples, and just that is a win for him. And that might be all he ever wanted in the first place. But, like, in brinksmanship, you always, if you want a license for five hotels, if you want a license for one hotel, you, you apply for five. And then they, the people whose job it is to say no get to say no, and everybody looks good, right? So he's acting like he wants the whole of Ukraine, he only ever wanted two or three provinces in the first place. But you oversell what you want, and then everybody gets to look reasonable when they concede it to him because they're not giving him the entire thing. And then he gets the wheat and whatever else they produce over there and a pipeline to the Black Sea, which is more than he ever wanted in the first place.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what his, his stake in the game is afterwards, but I'm, I'm still really curious as to what the burning desi- burning hot poker Desire was to get into this war. Um, it's it's never really been but his made age, very clear. his
1: legacy. You, you that is zero excuse. Century. I didn't say it was it's... an excuse. I'm it's a psychological <laughs> explanation.
0: His vanity, his personal vanity, is not an excuse for war. I
1: um, that? I'm going to take Greg again. Let's see how we do mean with it's Greg not again. The reason it's happening.
0: Alright. Well, I don't know what the public policy reason and and there was some protest. I'd, I'd really like for you to speak to that if you can, Jonathan. What were the Russians
1: I only I just what were the saw another room going on right now about those protests. So I only just learned about it myself, but there were no less than 1300 people arrested today or yesterday. Protests 1300 protesters have
0: been have have been protesters um, have
1: been arrested because he's saying that it's going to be mandatory service in the military basically just and they're going oh to there's
0: conscription
1: yes okay uh, i think that's what in that intercept piece i think i read that there's going to be mandatory military service which is not unheard yeah, that's of is what they call by, cons- it, too, a draft in India, and there's,
0: cons- conscription yeah
1: kind of and i don't know how far he's going to go with that but that's i think that was one of the the straw that broke the camel's back to get the protesters out in the street was something like conscription
0: so um, that'll liberals. that'll do it. That'll do it. If if the if the public is not enlisted in the war, it has been an unpopular war with the the, the Russians. Some of them have been like, yeah, whatever you want to do, Putin. We we're behind it. And but there is definitely some mark of dissent. But this dissent by Putin is not allowed. You know, he he kills his opposition. Like he just murders them or has them. You know, done away with. And that's not that's not a, a positive democratic more state. More like
1: Stalin than like Lenin. Then
0: he is a former Soviet guy who has become an oligarch, and he's using the same old Soviet so-and-so playbook with brinksmanship. He just he's floated a nuke.
1: Yeah, like I said, he lives in the last century. His his mind is still very much in that space.
0: So how, how I don't bad think it, Greg? I are have you, anything
3: you, to I don't think I have anything to disagree with so I don't Oh know there, he there he is Greg is here now I don't think you I have anything to, to disagree with I can't disagree with you so I don't know what to say uh,
0: <laughs> You don't have to disagree to have a remark Just talk, to talk say about or mushrooms
3: or tapas um, you, you know um, it, I think everything you said was pretty spot on Is You know No one knows what really is going on with putin you know people say he's nuts but i don't think he's nuts um i I do think he like you were saying sheila he lives in the he lives in the past he literally he, he literally made a speech at the beginning of the war that ukraine is russia you know ukraine is russia he really wants to recreate the soviet union it's um, all the things he and his and the, and the Kremlin has said uh, just implies that they want to recreate the Soviet Union and um, the part that people think what make people wonder what's going on with him is why they thought it was going to be so easy <clears throat> and why they've had so much trouble um, and you know it might be that thing where his adv- advisors are telling him what, what he wants to hear Oh. Or,
0: that could be it.
3: Cuz they thought they were going to sweep in and take Kiev or
1: you know and, it was uh, never the intention government. to take the whole thing in the first place. Like I said, you, if you want to build a hotel, you apply for five licenses. So he well, How do you know like that? He because he never you committed know? to he you never committed they, to taking over it. You said it yourself. They did a bad job if they were trying to take the whole thing over. They would have acted completely differently. But if it were the case, that this, those two Well, include, then how
0: would they have acted, Jonathan?
1: They would have committed at a multi, not just, they did a multi-front attack, but they never consolidated their gains in the west side. And they never committed to, they besieged Mariupol, but never destroyed the steelworks. They could have wiped that little part without nukes, right off the map. It's not like there was a hard time finding where the people who were besieged were hiding
0: is it it's a, possible it's Jonathan that they did not want to completely destroy the money-making industry in the region they just wanted to just have an easy get and take it so i'm sort of citing just a tad with Greg saying I think it's like it's more
1: about the land than, than the steel works like it's about the farmland
0: it's probably yeah, both but you know if land. you have yeah, a predetermined or a profitable industry that's working you know why why throw the baby out with the bathwater it's infrastructure you don't have to pay to build
1: well, i could be wrong but i don't think he ever planned on taking the whole thing over in the first place he just wants it to be a stalemate and wants a stalemate to go on longer than the american attention span why? Is, why
0: what is the so point that the of concession
1: that? of those provinces in the east several months from now looks reasonable to americans and to nato members
0: yeah, I don't. I don't think any of this looks reasonable. It thinks it looks insane, and the people who who played Emperor's New Clothes with him are also deluded. It doesn't. It, you know, you couldn't sell that to me, and and I was raised in and around the, the military. I mean, it, because people have to go do the dying in the war, the dying in the fighting. Um, you can sell it so, to the people
1: who get their information from television in the middle of this country. Well, I mean, it's shoulders. not the
0: only source of information, and you know that. Greg, it's I mean, a, do you do you have anything to add to this, you know, well, um, sort of debate? I
3: don't, I don't agree with Jonathan on everything, but um, I do think um, that could be a possible outcome of the war now in that um, they hope to get, um, they hope to just keep those provinces, and um, that might be... A way out risk. for them. You know, you know there the might be a way out for them. To yes.
1: uh... yeah, if it is the way out in several months, six months, say, then I'll be like, that was the plan the whole time. Was exactly yeah, you know what
2: I But the but the thing is, now he's gonna have to give up more than what he wanted. That there goes the country. If he just wanted the Donbas, Donetsk, most of those areas broke to Russia. That he had already fought for, or uh, that he was disputing, he should have just let them go, avoided the whole war. Now, Zelensky, unfortunately, is going to have to, on uh, it's going to be on Vladimir Putin's term, not Zelensky's term.
1: It, examine 1967's Jerusalem war against Egypt. You you take more yeah, exactly. than one, yeah.
2: and you think more of the Sinai and all that. Yeah,
1: extra, um, so that you get to look reasonable. It's a per, it's a PR campaign. The violent, bloody, expensive, death-ridden PR campaign when you take twice as much as you really wanted and then every, they get to the feel like the win. It's the same thing when you raise gas prices a dollar and then back them off 50 cents and then people think of it as a win. It's the same psychological phenomenon as my 25-year-old ex-roommate buying a $5 lottery ticket that pays out $3 and referring you to it as, I quote, a winner. It's a trick. It's a psychological trick.
3: But I think I agree with Vlad in a way Actually, you know, the Donbass and Luhansk have been occupied since 2014, and it, he's not, you know, it's quote-unquote getting it. He already had uh, big portions of Luhansk and Donbass, and he's not going to get but, it, quote-unquote, in terms it. of With the But so what climate.
2: about the Mariupol ports, the Mariupol area of the ports? He,
1: he wanted Pol- access
2: to the black Sea.
1: May well have been a way to impede the Ukrainian ability to fight back because they're pretty okay. So pretty I, I think we're schooling just a little bit back against Russia. That was a military tactical military decision. He, he we, we've heard from Jonathan. I, I, Oblasts, Jonathan. I,
3: Jonathan, maybe I you can you wrap word? up your statements I'll really quick
1: because
0: I'd like to kind of float a few other um, ideas about what might be doing the war. Is that cool? cool? Um, Thanks. So, the Russian economy is struggling under the Western sanctions, and that's definitely affected how the young people who go fight the war feel about fighting in that war. And... Ukrainian colonies have been kind of like a bulwark of of liberty against the the former USSR so it's I guess this is kind of a flick of the nose of Putin Uh, but I can't imagine that this has been going on in perpetuity I think is it possible that this is an oil competition That makes more sense to me because Ukraine has oil, and they have unique oil reserves that are closer to the Black Sea to sell to the whole of Europe, okay? They've been floated as a NATO ally, but if they moved closer to to being NATO than, uh, than Russia, then that would bring them into a college of enemies, so to speak, of the former USSR. NATO is a military alliance first, you know, later it becomes more of a commercial alliance, but it's, it's first and foremost, a military alliance. So being just floating that really, really was kind of a first economic punch or who threw the first punch, it would have been that. So there's always, there's always a thing with Russian oil. Being able to be sold to Europe, and Germany's still buying that Russian oil. There's no sanctions necessarily. They're, you know, they're still being able to, to buy Russian oil, and they've never kind of walked away from, from that.
3: From from what I know, I'm I'm afraid that that analysis is wrong because okay, um, the. As you say, Russia has been selling oil, and um, this has interrupted that. I mean, they blew it on that, the, and and the reality is, anyone is going to buy oil from anybody, as USA and Saudi Arabia shows, if they need it. And so, actually, Russia was doing fine with its oil, and if they hadn't started this war, they would have been they would have kept doing fine with selling to west and getting the euros that they want and so so maybe this was a biden
0: thing because biden got rickrolled into the whole burisma thing nobody ever called him out uh, on an ethics committee for his properties coming into the office uh nobody called him out for his ete properties for coming into the office but it seems like you know the logic of one kleptocrat and the logic of another kleptocrat got together in a room and said okay we can be more power we can beat russia at the oil game if we get together on this
2: Shayla, once again exactly what jonathan said quoting jody foster when there's blood on the street it's time to sell real estate or buy real estate <laughs>
1: I think oil is the yeah. icing on the cake. They don't need oil. Exactly. They, Thank ex, you. they export oil. I think it's about wheat. It's about okay. Food because they yeah. import. You know, it's about they. they Ukraine exports food. They have plenty of food. And it's I bitch about the corn subsidies here in Iowa all the goddamn time. And uh-huh. How it's a lot of money goes into keeping that production up. And I think that's what they're thirsty for more than oil. They, they, the oil game was, they had it locked down. Nobody was ever going to like squeeze Russia out of the oil game. They, they would like the pipeline, sure, to the Black Sea. That's it's more money, but mm-hmm. to reduce your need for money, to reduce the importance of money, to reduce the scope and power of the hegemony of the dollar itself. It's about divestment from the dollar. And if you don't need to buy things from nato countries like wheat then well you're in a better shape
3: Mm.
1: if your general argument is that
3: russian invasion of ukraine was also to control the resources of ukraine like grain and make it a de facto money maker for russia and oil too but like i said
1: that's the icing not the cake the cake is the food then yes i would agree with that
0: so greg I'm, i'm looking at your profile really quick and you've done a show it's lava ukraine
3: that's right. Ukranie.
0: Right. Slava Ukraini. Tell us about your show.
3: Oh, um, I started that show because, unfortunately, Colin is a uh, bastion of this um, kind of fake left viewpoint that... The um, cosmetic left? <laughs> cosmetic
0: American left? Well, like, the fashion not- left?
3: Well, it's it's not. I'm not putting down the left. I'm putting on these people who have this warped view, where if anything is, if some, if a country is anti-U.S., it must be good because that's just their logic. And so, yeah, that's Rania
0: Kolik's whole yeah.
3: Rania, she's an airhead, by the way. Sorry, but um,
0: you know, I I, it's not like I'm getting her listener stack, but you know. You're, you're free to speak how, how it is on, on our program and, and really mean it.
3: <laughs> well, like, I wouldn't say, like, Aaron is not smart or or Katie Halper's not smart, but I'm sorry, that's not really what I've noticed about Ronnie Akalik. Even though I'm against all those people, those are the fake left, and then there's a whole bunch of them, you know, Gray Zone, all that stuff. I think they're all and...
1: competing with each other. But Ronnie yeah, last that's appearance too. on the Katie Halper show, you would have liked bashing the Clintons and Hillary for going to the interview with... With uh, Megan Thee Stallion being like, "Oh, I really liked WAP," <laughs> I'm like, "Hillary, come on, what are you doing?" <laughs> like, do I you think kind of
0: over the whole ad hominem, you know, election melee. Oh, yeah. Nobody's—they're just doing that to avoid discussing the midterms entirely. The yeah, lowest pop, one of the lowest populated shows I've had on this this stream is the midterms. Like, I thought, "Oh, oh, everybody's gonna want to talk about the midterms because it's happening." No. <laughs>
1: Show me somebody so, with um, my attention and I'll care about the midterms. So Go ahead, Greg. Tell, I, tell
0: us about your show, man.
3: That's the only reason I started the show is to try to do this on pushback and if I convince one person, I think I've convinced like one and a half um, about this point of view that um, just because Russia is anti-US doesn't mean it's good and uh, and that it's right in this war and it's com- the reality is the complete opposite. And to try to get people away from there they're kind of um twisted conspiracy theories about uh russia and ukraine and to try to show them that this is like it's hard to say things are black and white or good and evil you know but it's it's the closest thing in the in terms of the big events of the world going on that is that you know it's a it's a giant country with nukes and a huge military and and a small one and um that just wants to be left alone, have their, try to make their democracy work, and regular people, and they're fighting so well and so bravely in Ukraine. Are you a if
0: Ukrainian national yourself, or former Ukrainian national yourself?
3: No, I'm not.
0: Are, are you an American national? Uh, w- yes. Are you, okay. I w- live w- in Europe. With, but you're, you're, an Ameri- you're an American national living in Europe. Do you have Slavic roots? I do not. Okay. I'm just trying to get an orientation on, like, you know, what's the I've skin I've just in lived the game? in Europe
3: a long time, and um, I've, you know, followed, like, what Russia's been doing for a long time. And I'm not anti-Russian. If they kept their thing inside their own country, then it would just be a sad story of, you know, a growing dictatorship. And it's sad to see what's happened there with democracy and freedom and all that. But they don't, you know. They've been supporting the far right for example in europe for decade well for years and um they've really been a malevolent force and in a kind of in a small way and now they've done this and it's it's so over the top you know like there's seven approximately seven million refugees outside the country there's approximately the same number who had to leave their homes inside the country and move to other cities because of the war not to mention the the atrocities the mass graves the carpet bombing of mary will mm-hmm. so that's why i have my show i don't i don't really like this whole thing i don't believe in i'm not doing it for self-promotion i don't even like actually talking i don't like the ego aspect of it but i just do it to try to um try to push back against you know try to convince maybe one or two people uh away from that whole gray zone katie halperd well, it's it's really
0: important to, to to leverage a point that people aren't hearing. They're just not hearing it. People love to listen to their own song. On this one, I didn't really have as much of a song to sing because I've been against this war, this flag-waving Ukrainian propaganda, kleptocratic grope for all money from the American people from the very get. And so when everybody was floating flags of uh, the the yellow and and cyan, I was floating the Tibetan flag because China is, is against all things Tibet, and at the moment, they are committing another cultural genocide by removing the children from the indigenous people of Tibet and putting them into boarding schools, just as what... They did with the Uyghurs so um, I wanted to mention but, it.
3: But you should be for Ukraine for the same reasons. That's a, that, uh, and I'm totally on your side with Tibet too. And um, but that's also what Russia is doing now in Ukraine. They're dep- they're forcibly deporting people into Russia. You know, people escape the war. Some of them live closer to the Russian border, and they have to escape in that way. They put them in um, camps to see whether or not they're too pro-ukrainian and if they're not they just say okay you can get out of the war and they put them on buses and ship them into russia they've taken they went to um orphanages and taken the kids to russia they went to ukrainian orphanages So they're they're literally
0: stealing people that happens in wars
3: They're, they're stealing people and it's another culture of genocide just like Tibet.
1: There was just a room earlier when they were talking about Gaddafi and like with the speeches that ended Gaddafi. And what ended Gaddafi is when he starts talking about dollar hegemony and divestment from that. And if you notice this, the ruble is up since the beginning oh, the of ruble. the war by by quite a bit. And not needing dollars. It's the same thing I talk about when I talk about how the right and the left are the same in this country. You got the Republicans that want to trickle money down through the private sector to everybody who can afford an ever-increasing cost of living you got the democrats who want to trickle down money it's still trickle down trickle down money through the public sectors to everyone to avoid the ever-increasing cost of living but nobody is talking talking about addressing that the cost of living is going up so much year over year how we shouldn't need dollars we should divest from the need for dollars So we, the citizens of America, are having the same problem as everybody else in the world. I'm not going to say yes
0: to that yet, Jonathan, because there's going to be a program in the not too uh, far away future where we talk about the CBDCs again and the digital currency. You know, currency is important, uh, but I'm not ready to, to lose cash. I'm not ready to go away from cash. And what has been land like
1: is about. something
0: else that doesn't determine where we get away from any kind of control where the, the U.S. dollar is involved. It becomes a merge <sighs> into some other globalized currency, which is controlled by an architecture outside of our national sovereignty. So it's... it's
1: CBDCs are still dollars.
0: CBDCs are... are it would there would be a U.S. dollar, but the Fed is taking um, public comment on the CBDC. And I'm sorry we lost Greg. Damn it, he was such a good speaker. Well, we've got about six uh, eight minutes left in the newscast or whatever this cast. Is.
2: Does anybody have over. a? I'll take over for. Wait 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 wait. Greg. I
0: have a question about like the tapas, the, like the nuclear tapas, the mushroom okay. cloud tapas. How would you how would you make one? Bloody, bloody!
2: Oh man. it's got to be spicy. It's right? got to, it's got to, it's got to hit the right plate and form and curl really nice, like it does.
0: Okay, so what uh, kind of mushroom would you use? Would you use a giant um, shiitake, or 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 what? Portobello. What kind of mushroom would you use? A big portobello, yeah, portobello, yeah, okay. portobello, yeah, you, big portobello, that, that. and it would have to be a spicy mushroom. So how would that you is. would you use a sriracha? Or w- what would you use? Now,
2: I'm so? a sriracha guy, yeah. I'm a sriracha. Believe it or not, I was reading about that thing today. They were talking about the goodness of sriracha sauce. So, yeah, just sriracha definitely.
1: If okay, you Jonathan. You... A portobello on top of a serrano, it would look like a mushroom cloud.
0: Okay. Yeah. Like a serrano yeah. pepper?
1: You just stood yeah. it up. Yeah, you have to stand the pepper upright. Oh, but yeah, especially you if you, you put it in
0: tempura batter. Like if you tempura fried it and then
1: <laughs> poked it through. Oh, yeah, that, you could totally it just get that. This has to be a thing now. Somebody has to do this.
2: Yeah, I mean, exactly. If that, and thing then, is gonna be, if that thing's going to be hot, then we're going to have to put habanero, serrano, jalapeño, capsaicin. The variety is going to be super hot that when you bite that thing, it's going to overwhelm
1: you. Well, when you get the habanero one, you call it the aftermath.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, oh, the, the, the fallout. So, so you should get like a kind of like a plate paste um, to to kind of cool it down at least for the 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 moderation of it, you know, just so people can eat it,
1: like a ricotta. Your H bomb, and then there's like your hundred year winter. (laughs) That's your Chernobyl. Your Chernobyl. Yeah,
0: what would the what would the it would be have some sort of gray dip? So you'd probably use a. What a uh, kind of like a baba ghanoush or like a, like a grayish baba ghanoush, um, <laughs> oh <laughs> with with a mild white pepper in it.
2: <laughs> and and don't forget it, to kind of write in like in a cloud. Uh, put Russia. Put Russia on. It, like you know.
0: Yeah, like, like stick Russia. a little Russian flag and like. Toy!
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Property of courtesy of you know.
0: You know, and I don't even know what the – what does the Russian flag look like these days? Because I, I know what the USSR used it,
2: to look like. Shit. It looks a lot like the French flag, I think, upside Side down.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs>
2: it's red, white, and blue, too.
0: Yeah. I mean, you think they'd do something more original. So we've got Greg back with us. I'm sorry to bore you to death, Greg, with my, my little mini-analysis, but um, – and we went in long on the dollar, but you know you're welcome to to invite people to your show. You can invite me and other people. That's uh, Slava Ukraini. Uh, he's got a really interesting, yeah. I think that's Slava did Ukrani, I get it right, Greg? Can you put a link to your show in the in the comments Look,
2: I, I'm gonna show. I'm gonna put a a, a piece, my version of a truth of a truth between these two countries. Slava Ukraini, Slava Ruski, both hands shaking and loving each other like brothers, coming again to together. <laughs> It's please come together. You gotta to stop killing each other.
0: Over nuclear stuff. Like I, like, like I
2: told Greg and I told, <laughs> and I told Hohenheim in his other program at 3 in the morning last night. Hohenheim. What uh, are you doing please, on this network please, at 3 o'clock please, in the morning? Please save me a couple of the ladies. I'm very interested in going to Eastern Europe. And you know they outnumber
0: the men. men 4 to 1 uh, over yes, in that year? I area. love
2: those women. I love those women. I gotta get you one. I'm sorry.
1: But don't destroy them with a mushroom cloud, Jamie.
2: <laughs>
1: the best content from this episode is probably the culinary stuff, to be honest.
0: Honestly, you know, and you could do like the stuffing. If you wanted to make a serrano pepper and then put put a a spicy stuffing in the middle, and then and then you put the the ricotta around the the, the as like a uh, plate paste. That, that that's my.
1: How do you do that one?
0: Uh. That would be a box yeah. cake. You gotta of some drown
1: sort. it. You
2: gotta drown it. It's like a soup almost. <laughs> <It is>. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, you know, like... exactly.
0: But you have to have a kind of a really dense like corn cake. Um, but what what do they have over there? Maybe like a like a ricotta of, of some sort.
1: So like a red pepper flounder. Hmm.
0: Sounds good. In- uh, anything In- to flounder is good. All flounder is good. Like I love to eat flounder. Flounder is like. A great fish. When I every time I go to eat fried fish, they don't, I, I'm not gonna go for the catfish. Like when I lived in Panama City, I would always order the red snapper or the flounder because, the, yeah, but always it, the flounder it, first if they had it. I mean, if like they Uber. had it, know,
2: in, in America, stay away from the catfish. That's sewer fish, <laughs> sewer water fish. I mean, that's what I well, can in catch they, in the they eat crayfish and
0: shrimp and oyster. That's all bottom feeding. You know, crab, all of that stuff
2: in the bay, I hope so. you're not Jewish on that.
1: <laughs> No, I mean,
0: but I did develop an allergy to it, so I can't eat that stuff anymore, but I can't eat Just the Just say
1: flounder. you're kosher, it sounds better than I have an allergy.
0: I got to be careful who I say <laughs> Like, in some other company, I'm halal. <laughs>
1: you know, <laughs> It's a PR. It's a PR
2: point. So, but then, you know, but then so... Shayla, 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 if you tell them you're kosher and they look at you, you're like, oh, you're really Jewish? What's your name? No. You know? No, I'm not Jewish at all.
0: I'm not Jewish at all. I'm not even passing. I cannot pass for Jewish. Trust Jewish me. State of mind. I mean, are you are you of the Jewish faith, Mr. Jonathan?
1: Anybody can convert. I could. Oh, I to I, I yeah. can decide to. Were be you right born now.
0: into this this uh no. this religious faith? Okay. German
1: Just, just remember, Sheila, that
2: ninety percent of Mexicans have a Hernandez or Fernandez with an last name. So ninety percent have been have been uh, because of the the Spanish. Uh, oh,
0: conference. the conversos.
2: Yeah, then we have a lot of Jewish blood, even if you don't know it. My niece just did the twenty-three and me, and and she got the results. You're part Jew, you, kiddo.
0: <laughs> you know um, who's the guy who did all the uh, Del Toro? Guillermo Del Toro. Guillermo Del Toro. Yeah. The, 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 yeah, he's Jewish.
2: Exactly, I'm telling you, there, it's in there. Yeah,
0: he's a, he's a little wearito, but he's Jewish.
2: So the next question should be, how do you want your tacos? Kosher or non-kosher?
0: Kosher <laughs> <laughs> tacos. Uh, Oscar Isaac, same thing. I think he's Jewish, but also Mexican.
2: Oh, uh, no, he's same Guatemalan. Thing. He's Guatemalan.
0: Oh, he's Guatemalan? Y- yes. Okay. I, th- I thought for sure. I, I would
2: have loved to have claimed him as my Mexican brother, but... He's a fellow Latino from Guatemala, from what
0: I know. Oh, okay. Well, no, I mean he he really does great love scene work with uh, the the ginger, the the what's her name? Oh, where am I going with this? He did the marriage <laughs> series, like uh, On Marriage, an American Marriage with, uh, and then he did another movie with her as man and wife. They they oh, have okay. great chemistry as man and wife. Okay. Okay.
2: Oh, in. wait a minute, uh, Johansson. Jessica right?
0: Chastain. Yeah,
2: okay, Jessica okay, Chastain.
0: Yeah, she's she's really great. All right, we're out of time, guys. Thank you for participating right. Love you guys. in the unsanctioned Take care. Citizen today. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye. Bye.
1: Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access Unsanctioned Citizen Podcast Archives at Substack automatic iHeartRadio radio podcasts and call in please stay in touch we want to hear from you visit sheilamdean.com